Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. Man, I, I love, I love me some baptism. I do. I do. Something happens. And especially, I know some of us in the room know some of the stories more than others, but there's just power there's power in, in that image. In fact, I was thinking, uh, knowing that today we're getting to baptize. We, we baptized one last week at our East Rock campus. We're going to baptize a couple more in the parking lot during the next service. We're going to baptize a few more in our Esperanza Viva campus uh, later today. Uh, it just was excited and anticipating the celebration of transformation. I, I was reminded, there's a picture. There's a picture on the side of our fridge at home. And it's of, of my youngest son, uh, Jackson, his baptism. And it's a powerful picture. Pastor Julie's there, and she's baptizing him. And Jackson comes up out of the water, and, and Lauren, my kids, are standing there. And I was just reminded, was reminded of the power of, of a picture, of an image, right? Uh, those of you that love art, uh, maybe, maybe you like to read uh, or movie person, you know, and you, you know that the power uh, of that, wh- whatever it is, to, to just paint in your mind or visibly in front of you a picture. Today, I actually want to talk to you about that. We're going to conclude our series today, Beauty for Ashes, and we're going to talk about the, this powerful picture, this image. It's not going to be the image you might think. It's not going to be a sunset or a waterfall or a powerful you know, backdrop of a beautiful scene, mountain range. It's not going to be that really. In fact, it's a very unlikely image, maybe insignificant to some of us. It can fit in the palm of your hand. It's the visual of, of an acorn, of an acorn. This is the image today that we gather around as we finish and conclude our series beauty for ashes. This is the simple image that we can hold in our hand that we'll learn today become the visual for power and strength and courage and yes, even hope. Let's turn one more time to Isaiah chapter 61. Now, if you've been with us, you know we've been camping out in Isaiah 61 and I believe today as you turn to Isaiah 61, something's happening in your heart because we've been, we've been leaning in and God's been teaching us. He's been bearing fruit in our lives through his word in Isaiah chapter 61. So let's just try something today. Just, just humor me today, okay? Now, those of you that haven't been with us, you're just gonna have to fake it for a minute and that's okay. But if you've been with us, And I say, turn to Isaiah chapter 61. Let's just pretend for a minute, and maybe if we pretend something really real real will happen with us, let's pretend that that's like really exciting. Because Isaiah 61 for us represents transformation. It represents beauty for ashes. It represents God doing good, his redemptive work in our life. So I'm going to try this, and then just just humor me, okay? Just humor me. Uh, I'm going to say, let's turn to Isaiah 61, and maybe somebody in the room wants to get blessed or excited and anticipate the reading of God's word today. So let's turn to Isaiah 61. Yeah, yeah. If that was painful for you, thanks for humoring me. But I believe there's power today in the Word of God. And I think somewhere, somewhere in your life, 
your Bible's going to turn open to Isaiah 61 again, and there's going to be joy within your heart. You're going to remember. You're going to say, wow, yeah, this is good news today. And so we're going to open one more time this good news for us. Let's begin reading in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 61. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We have been focusing on Isaiah 61 because this is the passage that Jesus, as he begins his ministry in Luke chapter 4, he points us back there. So so this is a, a Jesus text. And this, this is significant because the promises of Isaiah 61 become the ministry of Jesus. We see these as promises now, but in the life of Jesus, this is, this defines the ministry and the work of Jesus. In fact, the book of Isaiah, many scholars refer to it as the gospel of the Old Testament because of its strong connection to Jesus. And so, That's why, that's why this post-Easter focus on Isaiah 61, because it is through Easter, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that the words that we're reading now can become reality, not just in the life of Jesus, but in our lives today. Let's keep reading, let's keep reading. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. And now, and now we're going to read about three, we've been calling them three bad trades. We serve a God who makes bad trades. Nobody would make this kind of trade except, except that's what our God does. And they're right here in the scripture. To bestow on them, verse 3, Isaiah 61. And here's trade number one. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. Trade number two, the oil of joy instead of mourning. Last week, trade number three, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We've been calling this three bad trades and a consequence, right? Right? Week one, part one, God offers value for our worthlessness. Reconstruction for deconstruction. Life for death. Beauty for ashes. Part two, God offers recovery. Recovery from the most traumatic moments in our life. Moments of mourning, moments of grief, moments of sorrow. He anoints us out of those periods into joy and celebration as only he can. Finally, last week, God offers a way, a way out of long-term sadness and anxiety and worry. Praise transforms us even in our despair. And now, what is the consequence? What's the ramifications of these trades that we've been talking about? What does that look like through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. We're not done. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Here it is. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. 
Thanks be to God. So, so when we began Isaiah 61.3, you notice, you notice it begins with beauty, right? Beauty instead of ashes. But then it ends, this last word splendor is actually the same Hebrew word, splendor, but, but is also translated beauty. And so this focus of beauty for ashes begins and ends with beauty. Beauty is the beginning and end of this picture. And what is it that's beautiful? What is it that displays this splendor? Oaks. Oaks. Uh, a tree. Yes, a tree. Oaks of righteousness is the conclusion of the series because it describes how we benefit from God's incredible traits, his redemption in our lives. He gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us joy for our mourning. He gives us praise for despair. And, and something happens in that process. Something happens even in you. These powerful ramifications. Let's consider for a minute these words that we've read one more time in their context. These words were not written last week. They were not posted on Isaiah's social media account this morning. These were written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus even came. And why is that important? Because these words were written to believers who were in exile. Look, look again, look again. Isaiah makes the context clear. Who is he talking about? Who is he talking to? He's talking to people who were once poor, who were once brokenhearted, who were captives, who were imprisoned in darkness, who were mourning and who were grieving and who were in despair. And yet in the midst of that, God uses a powerful image. These are the oaks. These are the oaks, the broken, the poor, the imprisoned, the mourning, the grieving, those in despair. These are the oaks. It's one of those, it's like one of those corny job interview questions, right? Where they ask you, if you were an animal, what animal would you be or why? Or what fruit would you be? Like, I'm, what are you supposed to say? And how is that supposed to get you the job? But now, if someone asks you what tree you would be, you know what to say. I would be an oak. Because I read Isaiah 61, verse 3. That's useful. It might help one, one person eventually. But, but we, we get to read these words. Of course, in their context, and they're powerful. But, but here's the beauty of us today in 2021. We get to read these words on the other side of the cross. These words were written and promised to a generation that would never get to see the fulfillment of Jesus. But we get to live on the other side of the cross. And so we get to see the reality of this great exchange. It's fair to ask today, what, what's the big deal about a tree? What's the big deal about a tree? I'm, I'm glad you asked. A tree is actually an important metaphor throughout Scripture. If you're familiar with, with the scriptures through the Old Testament and the New, you see time and time again this metaphor. If, if you're called a tree, it means, it means that you're, you're trusting, that you can withstand fear and storms in your life, that you're productive, you're bearing fruit. Don't take my word for it. Uh, Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 says this. It's speaking of the one who trusts the Lord. It says, They will be a, like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Here, what does a tree represent? It represents courage and fruitfulness and the absence of worry. In Psalm chapter 1, literally, uh, we talked a lot about the Psalms last week, right? This beautiful collision that we have of despair and anxiety and fear with praise. And 150 chapters that we get in Psalm, beautiful. But, but how does the Psalm begin? Psalm chapter 1 begins with an image of a tree. Literally, blessed is the one who delights in the Lord. That's what it says. And then verse 3, that person, that person is like a tree 
planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This is how 150 chapters of Psalms begins with the image of a tree, a tree representing fruitfulness, life, prosperity, and God. So today, today, right now, I want to talk to you about this image, this picture. I believe it matters in the context in which it's written, but I think it has some powerful truth for us today. And so I want to I want to spend the last time I have uh, with you today diving into this image, this picture that we're given, this powerful ramifications of beauty for ashes, oaks of righteousness. You see, first, first I want you to know I I believe this is a picture Isaiah sixty one three of God restoring us of God restoring us. This is a a picture of restoration. That's what Isaiah 61 is. How how else can you read it? When it speaks of beauty for our ashes, it speaks of joy even in mourning. It talks about praise even in despair. This is is restoration kind of language, isn't it? And this picture, this picture of an oak, an oak of righteousness is first and foremost a picture of God restoring us. Restoring us. This is, get this picture. This is redemption. Out of the compost pile of our lives, a wasteland, seemingly worthless. What good could come of that? But we get a picture of new life rising up. You may be looking today at your life. You may be looking around at your life and saying, what good could possibly come out of this? But I give you Isaiah 61.3. Where beauty comes from the ashes, out of the compost pile of your life, oaks of righteousness spring forth. But, but there's more here. You see, it's not just a picture of God restoring us. In fact, in fact, I believe the rest of this visual help us understand about God's restoring us, about this restoration. It's a picture, and I don't want you to miss it. Because you see, I, I want you to dive in with me and understand this is a picture of God planting us planting us. It begins with, like I've said, a single acorn, a single one. My son planted one in the middle of our backyard a few weeks ago. We'll see what happens. Not sure I wanted an oak tree there, but but that's what happened, right? There's profound beauty, though, in this simple picture, this simple picture. It begins with something seemingly insignificant, something that would be cast aside or ignored, but, but this can be planted and become something great, something incredible. I have read Isaiah 61 a hundred times. I'm confident of that. But, but as I was reading it and preparing to, to share with you this morning, there's something about that phrase, the planting of the Lord, that stood out to me like never before. You see, part, part of our redemption process is allowing God to plant us where he desires. Redirect us. Chart a new course for our lives. The old course of our lives, that was, that was ashes and destruction and despair and grief and mourning. But, but in this redemption, in, in God restoring us and now planting us, he wants to set a new course for our lives. You see, you see, this is a planting, but it's a planting of the Lord. Lord, some, some may be here saying today, there's no way God can use 
me and you're looking at yourself or you're looking at the ashes of despair in your past and you're looking at all that and saying there is no way God can use me but but I give you this visual oaks of righteousness to understand that this is a planting of the Lord not of our own merit but but of his work planting us this beautiful exchange results in in a, a new planting not of our own merit a planting of the Lord his work and his mission, if you will allow him. This picture of God restoring us is also a picture of him planting us. Keep going with me. Keep going with me. This is a picture of God growing us. It's God growing us. You know it takes time for an oak tree to grow? Of course you know that. You can't go to Lowe's and buy a giant oak tree, right? It takes time. Estimates at least, at least, and there's people in the room that know way more about this than me, so they'll tell me later, but at least 30 to 40 years for one oak tree that's a significant part of your life, and no doubt, Isaiah 61, as we've been reading it, it speaks to powerful transformation. I believe, as we've been reading and studying, there are moments of instantaneous transformation that we've been leaning into in Isaiah 61, but, but we can't dismiss the visual that we get. Oaks of righteousness. This is a picture of growth, slow and steady but long-term growth. Some would say, I don't feel like I'm growing. Have you ever been there? But do you know, when an oak tree begins to grow, there's very little happening above the surface. Do you know that? To the human eye, it seems like nothing is happening. But, but growth is happening. There's growing happening, even when you can't see it above the surface. It'd be easy to believe it's just a small insignificant acorn, but an acorn will grow and grow and grow. Oaks of righteousness. This is a picture of God growing us. It's also a picture of God strengthening us, strengthening us. Man, the acorn does grow and it keeps growing and oak trees can be massive, can't they? I know this. I still have nightmares about raking leaves from all the giant oak trees in our yard. I felt like I was drowning in leaves. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Because oak trees are strong and massive, an undeniable picture of strength. They can easily be over 100 feet tall. And there are oak trees right now in the world. Entire families, hand-to-hand, wrapped around, can't even fit around the diameter of the whole tree. This is a, a picture of strength, isn't it? picture of strength. Your life today may feel like a picture of weakness. Anybody else? <laughs> Doesn't feel very strong in my life. Nobody looking at me. It's not looking real strong. My life appears to be a picture of weakness, of disappointment, of heartbreak, of missed opportunity, of unfortunate circumstances and consequences. But the redemption of God is a beautiful picture And it's not a picture of weakness. The redemption of God is is out of the ashes, out of the compost pile. Something strong is growing. It's a picture of God restoring us. And yes, him planting us and him growing us, but, but him strengthening us. An incredible picture of strength. Oaks of righteousness. We're not done. There's more. There's more. This is a picture of God sustaining us. Sustaining us. Oaks of righteousness are no doubt a symbol of strength, but listen again, something incredible, just as incredible as what's happening above the surface, something really incredible is happening below the surface of an oak tree. You see, as as the acorn begins to sprout initially, almost all of his energy is spent on its roots. 
And I, I didn't know this, some of you did, but I didn't know this, that initially, the first thing to happen is this initial root, it's called a tap root, and it just goes straight down to kind of anchor the tree. And again, right now, very little is happening above the surface, but beneath the surface, that tap root is sinking down deep. So to not just strength, but to sustain the growth of this tree. And then, and then, as you see growth happen above the ground, something Something extensive begins to happen under the ground. You see, this taproot is the first, but now this extensive series of roots goes out horizontally from the tree. This is an image, not of something fragile, not, not of something that can be easily tossed aside, not of something temperamental. This is an image of something that can stand the test of time, even in a storm, Because, man, it's strong what's happening above the surface, but what's beneath the surface is going to sustain and sustain and sustain. This is the redeeming work of God in your life, that you can stand even in the storm because of his work. The past, the past is not just a reminder of what God did, but now, present day, oaks of righteousness, we can withstand even the most difficult storms. You are an oak, you can withstand even the hardest storm. Oaks of righteousness. God gives us a picture of him sustaining us. Last but not least, this is a picture of God connecting us. Connecting us. Something really cool happens. This is more about trees than you ever knew or thought or cared to know, right? Some of us. But, but something really cool happens when trees are planted together. Something really cool. Uh, as their roots sink deep, as their roots begin to spread wide, they show that some species of tree actually begin to share a root structure. Now, this is a little bit foreign to us because we think in a world where it's all about competition. It's all about what's mine. So we think of trees competing for resources, right? Like, that's my water. That's my nutrients. Back out. You can get off, you know, back off, right? right? But that's not what these trees do. They actually begin to share a root structure. Instead of competing with one another, they support one another. They strengthen one another. They link together for strength and even sharing water and nutrients and resources among each other. Here's what happens. We often miss because we live in, in the Western world and we value fierce individualism. I don't have to tell you that, right? We value that and, and we know, we know that our faith can't, we, we believe that this is a personal faith. I can have a personal relationship with Christ, but what we do, unfortunately, is we tend to ignore or dismiss the communal language of the scripture. And there is no doubt when you look at Isaiah chapter 61, <laughs> This is a language of community, oaks of righteousness. Not a single oak up in the field, strong, beautiful, sustaining. No, no, no. These are oaks, multiple, plural, growing together, being connected. You see, the redemption story of God is not just about your story. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Uh, here's, I, I can give you an image today to prove it. Around the baptism tank today, it wasn't about just the person in the tank. There were trees, right? Oaks of righteousness surrounding them as God has begun a new planting, a redeeming work. And it's not just about you. It's not just about you and your planting. We're given a picture of oaks of righteousness, a forest standing strong, rising up out of the ashes, strengthening and empowering one Another, you thought you were all alone. 
But the redemption plan of God is to call you out, call you out of your ashes, call you out of your despair in your mourning, the chaos of the past. And yes, yes, this is a picture of God redeeming us. And this is a picture of God planting us and growing us and strengthening us and sustaining us. But this is also a picture of God connecting us one to another. Because you thought you were all alone. But God has called you and invited you into a community of oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We are planted together. We grow together. We are strengthened together and we are sustained together. This is the good news, God's good news for us for such a time as this. We've been spending time in Isaiah 61 and it's important that you see these words. These are not just a prophecy. Of course they're a prophetic word. Of course these words were written hundreds of years before the ministry of Jesus. Hundreds of years before Jesus would stand up in the temple, in the synagogue, and recite these exact words. Of course these were pointing to the redeeming work of Christ, not just in his life, but through his death and resurrection. Of course these are prophetic words, but these are not just words of prophecy. These are a promise. If you are in Christ, a promise to you, oaks of righteousness. Today, I want to share a story of my friend. Morgan uh, Pengel has been a part of our faith community here for a while now, and I've just loved getting to know Morgan. He's a vital part of our church. He was up at the crack of dawn setting up for the outside service this morning. He's serving Sunday nights with our student ministries. He's helping lead a college life group as he's a student here in the community. He's incredibly involved in our church. But if you didn't know, Morgan has a powerful story. It's a story filled with ashes, filled with some despair, filled with a lot of brokenness. But out of the ashes, God is redeeming and restoring Morgan's life for his glory. And today, today as we prepare to close, I want you to hear his story a redemption story. And as you listen today, I want you to believe that we serve a God, we serve a God who can bring beauty out of ashes, out of the destruction, out of the wake of your past. Oaks of righteousness can begin to grow. Would you watch with me? Hi, my name is Morgan Pangle. Uh, I am a junior at Bridgewater College, and today I'm here to share a little bit about my testimony and how um, God has guided me through it with his great strength. I, you know, I grew up in a household that wasn't Christian. My dad was very anti-Christian, um, anti-just religious establishments. He grew up kind of in a, in a religious family he wasn't a fan of and, and went through abuse and such. So he didn't, you know, want his family like that. And, uh, but my mom was a Christian, um, and... She uh, was a member at Tinkling Springs Church in Fishersville, and she'd been there a while. And she was a pretty devout Christian, but generally she had to hide it from my dad because my dad could be very abusive um, if she ever tried to put it on me or um, even tell me about it. But she did teach me the Lord's Prayer, um, so we would recite that every night together when she tucked me in. But that was really the only interaction I had um, with any type of religion or any type of, uh, had I even you know communicated with God or prayed or talked to the Holy Spirit, um, that was really it. Um, and, you know, I grew up in an abusive household, um, 
it was just a lot going on. There was violence, uh, both mental and physical. Uh, my brother, actually, when he, he's older, but he got a lot of the physical stuff. I got a lot of the mental on the other side, and we, and we both deal with it today, and that's something that we talk about. But um, it, it, growing up wasn't, um, wasn't anything short of a, definitely a struggle. Um, and, you know, that was something I lived with, and it's something that I, I, I eventually it became a normalcy in my life. Uh, which I see now as, as more problematic, but then it was just something I dealt with. In 2012, um, in February, my mom was diagnosed um, with a brain tumor, um, and in the summer of 2012, my father was diagnosed um, with lung cancer. Um, they both passed away in 2012, my mother in October of 2012, and my father in December of 2012. Um, and that was tough for me. That was de It was December of 2012, and Dad passed, and, and Pastor Margaret came to my house and it was I came home from school and Pastor Margaret was sitting there and I had known exactly what had happened because Pastor Margaret had come and she was on the couch and I knew that why she was on the couch and that was just a tough day I remember it very well I didn't even talk to Pastor Margaret but I knew what had happened and she was there to support me and even though my father was uh, abusive um, a good majority of the time he still loved me and we still had good moments together um, and there was still a lot uh, uh, there was a lot of loss there I wasn't trying to deal with a lot of that pain um, I moved to Georgia for some time and it wasn't great. Um, I, I tried to commit suicide a few times up there and eventually landed in a mental hospital for a few days and that was really a low point for me until really, I mean, I had heard God calling me my entire life through, you know, I'd say the Lord's Prayer and I could see my mother's faith um, on display even when my father, you know, would try to take it away. She it would still acts of kindness in public. I mean, she loved everybody. Um, and you could, she prayed and you could tell she said to hide it from my father. But I, I, I had felt the spirit calling me for so long, but I just, I you know, I, I suddenly, not something I felt I could reach out to. I was in so much pain and so much hurt. Um, and I, but I, I realized I couldn't stand on my own strength. I had been trying to, dealing with everything, but I really couldn't. I went to youth group. Um, with uh, some family of mine and eventually started going to um, church in Waynesburg, the Community Fellowship Church of the Nazarene. Um, and I started going up there and eventually I came to HFCN and I, I was at a point where um, I was a person that thought, God can't redeem me, I'm just one of the lost. Um, you know, he, I'm the one that instead of the 99, you know, I, he doesn't come after me, I just, I don't belong in his kingdom based on my past and my hurt. Um, but for someone that thinks that all is lost, I can tell them that ha having been in a, a low pit, and obviously there's there's lower pits, but having been in a low pit, um, that God still redeems. God is still there for you. God, he, I mean, he loves you. Um, there, I mean, there's no greater love that I can imagine. Um, and continual prayer is something I emphasize so much. I mean, God is constantly with you, and he's going to put people in your life that are going to build you up. Um, and he's not gonna, you're not going to stay in the hurt for a long time. You know, God said, you know, life here on earth, it's not easy, but he's going to bring you through it. Um, and I, I think my testimony um, is an example of that. God brought me through what he did to where I am today. Um, I'm a faithful believer in God. I'm a faithful believer that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Um, and his love is what keeps me going, even on the tough days. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.